This is the Pain Information Network, and this is Episode 6. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is an important topic today. We're going to start talking about medications. In particular today, we're going to talk about NSAIDs, or non anti-inflammatory drugs. These are important drugs to understand because they're so easily obtainable. They're not only in your medicine cabinet, they're easily obtained over the counter, but you get prescriptions for these in very potent forms. Sometimes they're in mixed forms as well. Sometimes they're mixed with the stomach protector, and sometimes they're um, in their raw form, and there's different ways they're applied. They're even mixed with opioids. And so it's a good idea to understand these drugs because from infancy all the way through to the elderly, um, these drugs are utilized uh, uh, to a a significant degree. They've even been uh, utilized in pregnancy in the form of acetaminophen. So what we do is we look at the risk-award benefit. Whenever we have an, a medication in a therapeutic plan, we look at the potential risk and the potential benefit. Do they balance or is one worse than the other? Is the risk outweighing the reward or vice versa? So we pick our drugs wisely, and we do so understanding that there's an array of potential problems with any drug that we're given. The reason being is because uh, these drugs uh, are influenced by so many different factors. That's age, the length of the process, and, and the length of uh, use anticipated, the nature and origin of the problem, and most cases it's pain, some cases inflammation, and prior attempts at uh, self-care to Patients or individuals self-medicate. Do they take too many? One is good, four is better. We have to factor into those things. We also have to look at uh, comorbid diseases, the side effect profile, uh, pregnancy, as I mentioned. Sometimes uh, they're indicated, sometimes they're not. has to be discussed with a qualified uh, professional. And concomitant disease states, we call these comorbid uh, diseases. Uh, What I think that most people do is they look at cost. And that's a real driver of whether the drug is going to be used. Uh, We've recently seen um, older agents that are generic mixed with uh, stomach protective agents that are generic and seeing uh, pretty outrageous prices uh, for these drugs that if you just bought the two drugs that generic and took them, you'd have the same effect, but a fraction of the cost. So let's get into it. What do these drugs do? Well, when you have pain, you activate something called a nociceptor. There's two types of nociceptors. And I'm without getting too technical, but getting into the necessities of understanding, there are two types. One is A-delta, fast, sharp, electric-like pain, and one is C-fiber nociception. That's dull, aching, throbbing pain. So the fast-type pain, A-delta, is the type of pain that... Um, you, you quickly respond to. And then the C-fiber is this dull, achy, bone break, bone hurt, my stomach hurts. It's this non-specific type of pain. It's kind of an older type of pain. It starts by an injury or some process going on, and it goes to the spinal cord. It goes up very specific pathways to the brain, and And descending pathways try to settle it down, try to decrease the amount of pain. Pain is felt at nociceptors, these A-delta and C-fiber nociceptors. A nociceptor is normal if it hurts. It's a receptor which is stimulated by injury 
or an inflammatory process. It differentiates between the intensity and it's either mechanical or it's, which is stimulated by specific mechanisms, or it can be heat or it can be both. It can be all. So what happens is um, with inflammation is prostaglandins are elaborated. There's different kinds of prostaglandins. Uh, prostaglandins uh, E and their subcategories and others. But the point being is when we're giving anti-inflammatory agents, we're diminishing prostaglandin activity. And how that works is uh, it, it, it's a, a cascade of uh, injury, uh, stimulation of this chemical called arachidonic acid, stimulation of a chemical called cyclooxygenase, and then prostaglandins are elaborated. And so what NSAIDs do is they stop the uh, uh, cyclooxygenase. Uh, there's a couple types of cyclooxygenase. There's really more. But we're going to focus on COX-1 or cyclooxygenase 1 and cyclooxygenase 2. And combination drugs um, affect either one, other, or both. So cyclooxygenase 1 is platelet activity, gastric mucosa, renal function, uh, and it's really pretty much in all tissues. But COX-2 is what we call inducible. It can get, it can get dialed up, uh, and it's pain, inflammation, fever. So if you wanted to be real specific to pain, inflammation, and fever and not worry about interfering with gastric mucosa or platelet function, which helps you clot, you stay on the COX-2 side. If you're not as concerned about that, you'd stay on the COX-1 side. And there are many medications that are a combination of the two. So what happens in the central nervous system is when prostaglandins are elaborated, they can promote something called central sensitization. Once the nervous system gets kind of turned on, it's hard to turn it off. The role of prostaglandins is both there for in the central nervous system, treating inside out, and in the periphery, where the injury is at, where the inflammation is, outside in. <clears throat> that inflammation can be either uh, as far away as a joint or it can be as intimate in the central nervous system as a, um, a, a nerve type uh, of tissue. All right, <clears throat> there's three types of these. And this is rule four. Remember rule four, you got to know your medic medications. They inhibit prostaglandin synthesis, period, number one. Number two, they inhibit inflammation. That's number two. Or number three, they do both. So let's, let's, take, let's take these uh, these drugs and kind of figure out what they're all about. First of all, let's look at their toxicity. Let's go back a few years. There's uh, 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 the SING study, S-I-N-G-H. Uh, it was in New England Journal of Medicine. And it looked at uh, the number of deaths in the United States from common problems like Hodgkin's, uh, that was like 1,800, um, cervical uh, cancer, 4,400, HIV, 16,500, leukemia, about 20,000, and then drunk drivers, you know, it's in the mid-20s. <clears throat> they looked at NSAID toxicity. 16,500 people died from NSAID toxicity, and that's a big number. That's as many people as died from AIDS that year. So um, these drugs are not benign. So when we take these drugs into our treatment profile, we take them in with judgment. And that's the whole point of this uh, podcast is to help us understand that they are not without risk. All right, so what? Renal. There's a renal risk. 
It's the same for both COX-1 and COX-2. Its, it's role is not completely understood. Um, <clears throat> the COX-1 and COX-2 are widely expressed in the kidney. And when you decrease prostaglandins with these drugs, you cause vasoconstriction. That probably causes some progression of renal disease. So <clears throat> it's, uh, it's a, lot, a lot of people out there, um, and probably it's underappreciated. Take a sidebar, the uh, story of rifecoxib or Vioxx. Blood pressure increases, and it was uh, weighed against pot- potential for um, the uh, uh, heart attack uh, risk. And, and so to make a long story short, uh, Vioxx fell off the market. Um, but <laughs> did it really have to? Because other drugs uh, that are still on the market um, have just as much or potentially more toxicity as um, uh, rifecoxib did or Vioxx. So, all right, leave, for example, the National Institute of Health um, had an Alzheimer's study going that they stopped uh, December 2004 because there was a 50% more heart attacks and strokes identified. Whether direct cause and effect, I don't know, but it was suggested. It was the first evidence uh, suggesting that type of risk, and... So the risk just doesn't go away when you quit taking the drug. It can last for a number of weeks. Anyway, point being this. Be careful with these drugs. They are not benign drugs. Let's jump over to uh, salicylates. That would be aspirin. Um, Aspirin-like effects came from willow bark, and uh, naturopathic therapy first identified this uh, hundreds of years ago. works both in the central nervous system and in the peripheral nervous system. It is an anticoagulant. It it, uh, interferes with platelet action. So if you're taking aspirin, um, and if you're taking it regularly, um, you are going to have a longer bleeding time. That's sometimes desirable. And, of course, taking baby aspirin um, may help reduce the risk of uh, cardiovascular event. So... You look at a lot of these side effects, and they're not benign. Um, they can have GI ulceration, CNS uh, stimulation to depression. They can cause uh, tinnitus or ringing in the ears, and actually can cause uh, uh, eighth cranial nerve damage. Um, it can lead to deafness, uh, stupor, coma, um, iron deficiency, and bleeding, as noted. Um, once, it get, once aspirin is in you, it really hangs on. Uh, to cyclooxygenase, and it's almost irreversible um, inhibition of platelet uh, function. All right, acetaminophen. Well, it's everywhere, but it's not necessarily benign. Uh, It blocks prostaglandin uh, synthesis centrally, not peripherally. Uh, Its analgesic effect is just about as much as uh, aspirin, so it does have a weak anti-inflammatory effect, but it's a good first-line uh, therapy in osteoarthritis. used to be that we would say four grams a day is safe. That's now been dropped down to two grams or less. Um, it does spare opioids, so it's commonly linked with opioids. For example, hydrocodone frequently has acetaminophen with it because you can drop the uh, milligram necessity of the opioid down as there is a synergistic or um, effect uh, that 1 plus 1 equals 3, for example. And uh, so it is opioid sparing, and that's a good thing. All 
right, there you've got it. So um, that's a primer on non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medicines, and we're going to be building on our medication knowledge. But I appreciate you tuning in. This is a informational channel, and please talk things over with a qualified professional if you have any further questions. But we want you to visit us on paininformation.com. Leave some feedback for us, and also leave feedback on iTunes, please. It really helps us, and uh, we'll uh, rank better, and this information will get out to more people. So thanks again, and we'll be talking to you very soon.